Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. This episode is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only automated referral management platform chosen by smart staffing firms. Tired of wasting money on traditional job boards? Sick of reminding recruiters about promoting your referral program? Wish you could eliminate admin work spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews? That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Imagine transforming your entire talent pool into digital recruiters on behalf of your company. Think about how happy you'll make your team by eliminating wasted time spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews. There's a reason that Staffing Referrals is one of the fastest growing software platforms in our industry. It's because staffing executives want to scale faster by automating recruiting processes. It's because with Staffing Referrals, you can actually see an ROI. And it's because our world is now more digital than ever and your candidates expect you to keep up. Don't get passed by the competition. Stop missing referrals and start recruiting smarter. Get staffing referrals and improve your tech stack today. To claim one free month, visit www.staffingreferrals.com show. That's staffingreferrals.com show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Staffing Show. Today, I am super excited to be joined by Andre Maletti, who is the product evangelist at Bullhorn. Really great to have you here. We've been buddies yeah. for a long time in the industry. And great seeing you, David. Super excited to have you on the show. How are things going with you? Oh, it's good. Busy as always. Busy as always. Um, I love the plant you have in the background. I feel <laughs> like you should have another one and it's like between yeah. two ferns. <laughs> I hope no one's tried to use that joke before. Have they? Is that they, original they, or is that? They haven't, but I, I, oh, love thank you. I, think, I think I should add another one just for that. You should. You should. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so to kick things off, just tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got into the staffing industry. Yeah. I had no idea the staffing industry existed until six years ago where I was uh, pulled into it. Yeah. So I came from the retail and travel industries. I, I was introduced to staffing six years ago when one of the ventures... So I've always been a st- an early stage startup guy. We're helping software companies take products to market in transforming industries. So I did a lot in, in e-commerce and retail, and I did a lot in travel, mostly e-commerce. And I got pulled into this company called EmployStream at the time through the venture capital firm that had just invested some seed round into this idea that onboarding was going to be important to this labor yeah. industry called the staffing space, and that candidates are going to care about being able to sign paperwork online. And that was a transformative idea, you know, I mean, <laughs> October of 2017 or That's 2015. I was brought in to lead go-to-market sales, marketing, business development for EmployStream, which then, of course, turned into ABLE and then Obviously, beginning of this year was was acquired by Bullhorn. So I was fortunate to be a founding member of that organization and got to see a lot of change throughout the industry in, in this short six years. Oh, that's awesome. Great story for your entry. And with that, I think we're gonna, you know, you and I discussed before this a little bit, but you've seen kind of seen a lot of trends in the staffing, yeah. industry, especially one being onboarding mattering. But what what are some of the things that you're seeing from where you sit? It's like that continuous the maturity of that thought of like candidate-facing, talent-facing experiences matter. And they're mattering more and more as 
the labor market shifts to younger generations. That's a major driver as well as new technologies that come into play. And really that trend, what I like to call, it's the consumerization of the employment industry. And most mature industries, like I'd mentioned before, travel and retail and e-commerce have gone through this. It's a let's call it the next wave of digital transformation for the staffing and recruiting space. This concept of the consumerization of employment is really driven by, you know, two major forces. There's two behaviors happening. One is, you know, there's, there's more of a, well, first of all, employment is a commodity now, right? Because you have younger generations, they care about things that older generations didn't care about and vice versa. So you've got, consumerization of the employment and hiring experience. And on top of that, you have usually a technology or changes in business process that either support or they brought on that change to begin with. So there's a little of chicken and egg happening, but those are the two major things that we're seeing is really changes in technology and business processes are driving better experiences to meet the demand of of a younger labor market that values things like experience over job security. That's the kind of things that we're seeing today. And it's and it's changing how staffing and recruiting firms, you know, attract and engage their talent and the types of business models and plays that they run. Yeah, no, I, I think it makes complete sense. And um, I always, I mean, I come, my background was in the travel industry as well. And I think that's yeah, such that's a right. model to look at how does that apply here? And, you know, looking at, all right, well, we had all these staffing our hotel travel agencies, people booking hotels for you. And then you have Expedia, booking.com come out, make it easy to do so online. And there was a slight dip in travel agencies, but now they're actually back up again, but they're more specialized and they're offering, specialized. And they're offering yep. online tools that allow you to do some of the booking, some of the management yourself as well. And I think yep. that staffing industry parallels that really well. With that, I mean, what are some of the, other details, I guess, are areas that you've seen related to travel or retail that kind of compare to what you're seeing now? I think you hit it on. So like just kind of playing off that concept of travel, like that couldn't have happened without high-speed internet and without these agencies figuring out like, hey, people care what they see on a website and let's make it look cool, right? And let's improve the experience. And then all of a sudden mobile came around and now let's start modernizing the experience if somebody was on a different device. That's meeting the demand with modern technologies. And then of course, you need the vendors in the space to provide the businesses, the tools to do that. And it was also like, there's always some like initial idea that kind of kicks it off. So like what made all that happen was the global distribution system started saying, hey, let's aggregate Mm -hmm. as opposed to going point to point with all of your vendors, let's aggregate things. And then you get the direct to consumer models popping up, right? Now, all of a sudden, American Airlines is going to sell directly or the hotel is going to sell directly or go through an aggregator. So ultimately, the common theme here is business used to be done this way because these were the standard channels of engagement with your customer base. And then all of a sudden, digital comes around and creates this massive open map on top of it that says, here are the possibilities of what could happen. Let's start seeing what is what is really going to happen. Is it going to be social? Is it going to be an app? Is it going to be text you know, or chatbot? Like all of a sudden, now we have this massive playing field of top of funnel engagements. And you're watching now this more modern employee base starting to hit and drive engagement in places that didn't exist a few years ago. And the same thing really happened. I think you need to be careful. Like this is really important for the staffing space to understand 
Because in each one of these scenarios, when you have digital transformation taking over an industry, something gets cut. A middleman gets cut at some point, right? Or you need to reinvent yourself so you are not the one getting cut. You're the one that's actually driving the business and experience forward so that you become an industry standard and a best practice as opposed to a laggard. Obviously, travel agencies went from tens of thousands down to like 20, you know, and look at what happened with big box, right? Like all the mom and pop shops, they just did not have the capacity to scale at which the, the larger folks did. The staffing space needs to do that same thing. They need to realize that what got you here won't get you there, meaning, you know, the future of the industry, the employment, and they're going to have to navigate this change, this seismic shift by investing in new business models and methodologies that are candidate or talent centric. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, common knowledge at this point in the staffing industry, but when you just when you compare it to travel, or I always think one of the best examples is just looking at like Blockbuster, and it's like, you know, they had a chance yeah. to buy Netflix, they had a chance to modernize, and here they sat back and said, you know what, our business model works, we don't need to adjust, we don't need to adapt, yeah. and then here, you know, now now they don't exist. There's that, and then you mentioned on the just the different demands from candidates at this point. And I just, I was in Portland over the weekend and saw, I think this is probably pretty common with the gig economy now, but I saw Amazon advertising, get a job without ever interviewing. And yeah. I haven't seen that like advertised out. I know you can do it through gig work, but I just think about how expectations are changing. And the idea yep. of that even being a possibility 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it didn't, wasn't. And now yeah. it's common. It's like, oh, I'm going to hire 10 people that I've never talked to that nobody on our team's even talked to. So Yeah. And the talent is following suit. I mean, when you think about it, the old way of getting in your car and driving to a recruitment office, fighting traffic and paying for parking and gas to apply to that one job, someone's going to sit at home and in that same amount of time, apply to 10. It's mind-blowing. And if those 10 aren't as easy as scrolling through Instagram... They're just going to abandon it. As a matter of fact, we just had some incredible stats come out with a Gen Z survey we did is that 70% of talent will abandon an application or a hiring process, even if the job is perfect, if it's too hard. That would have never happened 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just like, yeah. uh, you know what? I think, I'm, you know what? I'm, this is taking too long. It's called consumer grade experiences. And now our us, right? I mean, because we're part of these younger generations that are entering the market, they're expecting that consumer grade experience. And if it isn't as easy as scrolling through Instagram or Twitter, if it isn't as easy as buying a product on Amazon, you need to have a one-click hiring process. And if you don't, people are going to go find it somewhere else. And that's called, you know, the abandoned application, which is pretty much synonymous with like abandoned shopping cart rates in e-commerce. I've never even thought about it, just comparing it directly to that, but it's the same deal for sure. Without a doubt. One thing you and I talked about a little bit, but the bullhorn is kind of has this movement forward with the connected recruiting methodology. Could you just share a little bit about what that is and what's changing? Yeah, absolutely. So to combat, like bullhorn sees this shift, right? We have 10,000 staffing customers in North America. We have our finger on the pulse of this. We've been seeing this happening. You know, and Bullhorn has traditionally brought products and services to make the recruiters and the overall staffing model run. And we've done quite well with that. We have industry-leading technology, but we're seeing this shift to the talent is going to require new business models and methodologies, right? So it's our effort 
the connected recruiting, it really is a framework. It's a methodology for the staffing business to adopt some best practices around user experience, digital marketing, business process automation, UI, total talent experience management, so that you can compete with this modern world of work and and win the war on talent. It's not necessarily a product that we're selling. It's an ideology that if adopted by a staffing firm, they're going to, it'll galvanize their organization and think about candidate and talent first and build all their business processes throughout the entire talent lifecycle from from application all the way through redeployment and ongoing nurturing, which will then feed referrals and re-engagements and positive reviews, which then feed your Google reviews. And then Tommy, who's online, Googles you and sees you have four and a half out of five stars. You know, it's beyond net promoter score. It's more about driving a digital brand and a digital experience that is is going to create a flywheel effect with your talent pool. Yeah, and I think just going back to that stat, I was going to ask you next, what are some of the benefits of implementing this? I think you went through a few of them, but that stat of 75% of candidates would abandon the cart, abandon the yep. application process if it's too difficult. And I think about myself in so many situations. And the second I hit a roadblock, I'm like, oh, well, there's an easier way. And that easier way is almost always Amazon right now. Sure, it is. <laughs> but same product, same, 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 same product, yeah. same result. You just, you go to Amazon. Yeah, right? it's and like that's, I get to a shopping cart and I'm like, oh, they're, it's not auto-filling. <laughs> it's not auto-filling. I can go do this yep. over here in 10 seconds. It's going to save me some time. And I feel like that same concept is happening for applicants every day, especially when there's right now with this labor market, they're like, oh, I can get the exact same pay rate at these 30 different places. It comes down to who's easier to work with. Like, 100%. Yeah. 100%. The staffing firm needs to become a digital marketing agency and they need to become obsessed with conversion. And the way you become obsessed with conversion is you need to understand your talent and their personas. And it's going to be driven by psychographic and demographic data. And you need to create segmentation. And then once you have that, you design candidate journeys. And there's a bunch of different journeys. There's dozens of them that a staffing firm need to understand inside and out. And within those journeys, they need to really understand the moments that matter. A, b- a big theme of Bullhorn this year was meet the moment, right? You need to meet the talent, meet the industry where it is because it's changing. Well, that kind of continues, that whole, that whole strategy continues within connected recruiting because there are moments that matter within a talent experience and a journey that you're going to make an impression on whether they click through, whether they add that job to their shopping cart, or whether they say this is actually taking too long or this message is off or this job isn't right. And knowing what those are and making sure that you're continuously optimizing those experiences and experimenting with new ways, all in an effort to drive higher conversion, that's really the major goal of connected recruiting is to have that level of of thought and that level of mentality and apply it to your talent experiences. Because it's not all going to be digital. In some cases, the ideal experience is going to be hey, recruiter needs to pick up a phone and have a conversation. In some cases, it'll be, oh, this will be best served via self-service within an in-app alert as opposed to an email. In some cases, it'll be an email, right? So like, it's about the right mix of omni-channel experiences built around those journeys. I second that. And I, my background as in digital marketing and conversion rate optimization was what I spent just an absolute insane amount of time on. And one thing I've yeah. said this to our audience so many times, but I will repeat it again is 
go apply on your website. <laughs> or if you're the CEO, go apply on your website, see what that experience feels like, put in test email, you know, email addresses that people don't know, and then go apply on, on Indeed and see what that experience is like. Yep. <laughs> go, go, go check it out and compare what, what does it feel like and how many steps does it take? I think that's such a critical thing. I also think you brought up the, the whole psychographic and demographic data and like making sure that you're really thinking about the candidate journeys and who they are and what they want to see. I feel like agencies frequently forget that even within their segment, you say they're travel nursing, within their group of travel nurses, they have people that want completely different things, right? Like they have people that want the the highest pay. They have people that want the most handholding and thinking yeah. about how do you actually segment the people is a key component as well. If history repeats itself in retail and e-commerce, once everybody went online and we could start buying products online, the next stage of the retail evolution was personalization. So everyone had their e-commerce platforms and you could, there was a best practice on how to buy a product online and your shopping cart design. What ended up happening, there was a secondary platform that emerged, which was the customer experience platforms, the CXPs, which were part marketing automation, but also UX and personalization. So that no two people that landed on rei.com or amazon.com saw the same experience. It was persona data that was driving a journey and the staffing industry will get there. That is going to happen. You're going to be looking at your segments and creating specific messaging that speaks to not only who they are from a, like what journey they're on, but the type of person and and what their likes and dislikes are. I couldn't agree more. I think that's great, great insight. And also, I mean, I think history does repeat itself and it's going to here as well. And the the companies that recognize that and get there faster are going to be the ones winning the battle. With that, what are some of the obstacles that you see when it comes to staffing firms moving forward, embracing this change? So we're kind of on the bleeding edge of a lot of this right now. And it's a lot to take in, right? I mean, (laughs) your digital transformation takes decades. It's a it's a decade-long process of iteration. And like that's the big thing is like there's an iterative process here. You're not going to hit a home run or a grand slam right out of the gate. You're going to do baby steps. I think that is the old school mentality is let's design a solution. It's going to be perfect. I don't care if it takes two years, but we're going to implement it and then we're done. There is no ever done never enters the equation when it comes to you know, talent experience management to the level that we're talking about here. So getting people to think that, hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and just start with the basics and then start adding on, that's a big one because nobody wants to be in ongoing implementations. But that's going to just take, that's going to take an organization time to to understand that this is just something that's going to be, it's going to require constant enhancements and fine tuning. That is it. That's a big one. I think that's a major shift. I also see that, I mean, most I mean, business owners as a whole, the way that I've experienced it from just having the marketing agency side is, okay, well, we're going to do this, redo our website. And then what's the silver bullet on top of that? And then we're done, right? And it's like, I don't know how you have thousands of people visiting your website every month. Do you stop showing up and improving that experience if you had a retail store? It's like, no, you've got to continue to evolve and continue to do more with that. And I think on the candidate journey side, I also feel like there's so many pieces of automation that you can put in place that you can't do it all at once. You'll overwhelm everybody. And so just taking the baby steps and kind of learning as you go and measuring as you go, it seems like the right approach. Measuring is the big one. I don't feel like we've gotten to the point, and and you know this from your digital marketing ages, like conversion metrics, funnel metrics were like so granular that 
a digital marketer could look at something and say, well, now I'm going to change this word, you know, or this content and do A-B testing and multivariant testing. Like we'll get to that point as a best practice in the industry. The other one is like, this isn't one department that owns, you know, connected recruiting or this level of digital transformation to create, you know, a talent centric model to, you know, to fight off the talent platforms and to modernize your business for these younger age groups, it it requires marketing involvement, recruiter ops, business ops, IT, you know, legal and compliance. Like you need to assemble a a news team here. (laughs) You need to assemble like a massive, you know, it it has to be its own, its own organization for the most part, a, you know, cross-functional team. And it's just funny because in retail, e-commerce was just a department off of the traditional brick and mortar. And then over time they realized, Hey, this is the business. (laughs) business, And all of a sudden now you have, you have two separate teams. There's always going to be the traditional business. You're going to get employees that way. It's just this new model is going to require, you know, a joint task force, but it can't be separate tech stacks. There needs to be you need to put everything under roof at the end of the day, because one day your talent might decide to walk in an office or make a phone call or download an app or go to your website. And that data can't be isolated in different systems. It needs to all go into one and and tell one, one cohesive story. That makes a ton of sense as well. With that, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit back to, we were talking about candidate expectations earlier, and you've already We've talked about some of the ways that they need to evolve, but are there any other specific things that if you're a listener to this and you're a staffing agency owner, that it's like, all right, here are the things I need to be thinking about in terms of next steps for candidate expectations. Um, Cart abandonment or application abandonment, that's a new concept for me. I love that. Else that you would suggest people think about right now or things that you think are coming up in the next few years? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be releasing a uh, talent survey that's got a lot of this highlighted. And I think I'm going to be doing a webinar on that as well. But just to tease you out some some additional figures there. Uh, this one is incredible to me. 20% of people that work with a staffing firm in the last year, the reason why they work with them was reputation. And that is a consumerization because they're not looking for... They're making a decision on what work they're going to take, not if it's the right fit, if it's the long-term plan for me. They know that all that stuff is temporary and they might decide to do something else another day, they're making that decision based on brand reputation. They're going to Google, they're doing a review, and they're seeing what other people had to say. And the fact that 20% of respondents to this survey said that was the reason tells me that that is, that is just showing how the consumerization of, of this industry is being driven off of some of those things that you know spark you know us humans as consumers. Yeah. Like, hey, what did other people think about this? It might not be the perfect long-term fit for me, but hey, I'll give it a shot if these guys have like four out of five stars. And I buy products solely on, on that as well. And people or uh, talent are choosing jobs based on that alone. I was kind of shocked that it was 20%. I wish you had that year over year for the last five years. I would love to see that. That feels like something that's going to be 80% in three to five years from now. I don't choose a restaurant without Yelp. Don't do it. And then I'm going to Yelp to figure out what the popular dish is. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's it. 
Well, I feel like, you know, the great recruiters clearly rated having that reputation management system in place, things like that is also a critical component. So without a doubt, it's kind of embarrassing, but if I'm going out to a nice restaurant, I'm like literally looking at the menu and choosing what I have before I even leave the house. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want menu anxiety when I get to the restaurant. No, that's hilarious. Said the best that's hilarious. Yeah. I've started going to uh, the popular dish. I pull it up while I'm in the restaurant. What are the five most popular dishes? And that steers yep. my direction. I'm like, this is insane. Like I'm sitting here, menu in hand, looking at what what That's do it. people order the most? Okay, well, I'm now I'm more interested. So yeah, I think the That's same. How it is. I, yep. No, I was going to say another one is you know ninety percent of respondents to the survey had mentioned that the reason why they work with a staffing firm is because they thought or they are getting opportunities to reskill, upskill, or get education. They can get a job anywhere. They're going to come to a staffing firm because that is going to be the value-added benefit, right? That, hey, you're going to learn about me and you're going to put me potentially on a career path to go from $15 to $18 an hour to know what my aspirations are and where I'd like to be in terms of employment in the next six months. I don't think we're there yet as an organization to be thinking like, hey, those are the conversations. We're we're still very commodity focused. Hey, there's an open rec. Let me look at my database, throw it at, throw things at it, see what sticks, move on to the next, as opposed to being a little more strategic around our relationships. And, And this whole idea of a connected recruiting framework will give you the data and it'll give you the time to do that analysis so that you're providing your talent exactly what they're asking for. And they're asking for a coach, a mentor. They're asking for a teammate here and a partner to guide them along this journey, whether it's temp or temp to permanent or that doesn't matter. They're looking for that personal touch. And sometimes that'll be delivered via digital and sometimes it'll be more traditional engagement. That's an incredible stat. And I'm actually just wondering, I've not even thought about that, but when candidates get placed I've never heard of anybody asking, what's your career path? Where do you want to be in five years? Like as a standardized thing that you can then use as data to go forward with. Have you seen that in the onboarding process? People asking for more, not just as an interview question, but actually asking it as like, hey, we want to help you grow and help drive you down that path. Is that something that... So we're starting to see some customers thinking about it. We've seen a couple ones that are doing some cool things around gamifying the process. So you are, you're cleared and you're ready for work and you can grab jobs that have been officially provided to you within an app or within this experience. And then there's a gated experience saying, hey, do you want to make 18 an hour? These jobs are available today. If you want to get them and you want to unlock them, take this class upskill yourself, get this certification awesome. so that we can put you to work here and make more money. And that's that's pretty cool to be able to do that at a global level. That's, I mean, that's what our economy needs in so many ways. So I mean, that's just- 100%. Sort of cool. Like that's just good, good for everybody. <laughs> so that's really cool to hear Got about. Any other, with the report coming out, any other interesting stats you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, this one isn't really a stat. Actually, I can't remember the number exactly. You'll have to download the report we're not meeting the engagement expectations of the talent in this survey. There was a resounding number of respondents said that they want to be contacted at least once a week with these types of engagements. And what they're currently getting is not once a week. And the engagements are usually around jobs that really don't match them. So there's no value there. There's no benefit that the, the staffing firm is providing. What they want to see 
is an engagement that is more timely and consistent and is is being provided or some sort of values being provided within that message. And usually around matching, you know, and it's all comes back to having really, really solid and, and clean data and having, you know, the right rules engine and the right automation on the back end to do that matching a little better. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like the the Netflix and Amazon related related movies, you know, uh, recommended products. If you can get it. that nailed right now, I feel like most of these experiences are okay. Well, here's a hundred additional jobs that you might be interested in, but if it could be, here are three jobs that like literally hit your skill set exactly what you're looking for. Now you're saving me time. There's a value add that comes from that experience as well. One other component, and this is a little bit specific, but we've talked about the MPS and how important that is. I think we've already touched on this a little bit with Yelp. We might've beaten this one to death, but what's your take on MPS and that the importance of uh, that for an agency success? I think it's important, but in my opinion, in this new digital model around connected recruiting, I feel like Google reviews and what your reputation is in the social stratosphere is more important than net promoter score. I mean, you tell me like, hey, net promoter score is negative 23. Okay. But I just Googled you and you have four and a half out of five stars by 600 people. Yeah, nobody I, I know what that, I know what that means. And that's, no and that's knows what they're looking that. at. Yeah. They're not Googling what's your net promoter score. <laughs> exactly. And, and so as we become more self-sufficient as an employment economy and in, in doing our own searches for jobs, it's going to start with Google and it's going to start with keyword searches for your brand or for your on-demand staffing platform that you just launched, or for your local office and whatever makes it to the top of that search results, I think is what is going to drive the biggest value. So, you know, and it's fed by, you can feed that, you know, through ratings and reviews, and you can work with other third parties that can provide, you know, that value. And and do you guys offer that? I don't even know if great recruiters, no. Great, great recruiters has a, a component of that. Clearly yeah. it does as well, I yeah. believe. Clearly rated. uh, Clearly rated great recruiters. I think those are the two big ones in the space, but for kind of the reputation management side of things. 100%. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. I mean, that's what drove a lot of, you know, the smaller organizations, you know, your niche players, when you think of, when you think of the retail industry and how did companies like Abe's of Maine and B&H Photo, companies that if you're not buying like high-end electronics or camera equipment, you have no idea who these companies are, but they do hundreds of millions online because they've developed a positive reputation and they have created a niche. And that staffing, like the staffing model needs to grow towards a niche so that you can feed, you know, those positive reviews and get great stories, great, great talent stories. Absolutely. I think that's something just for everybody listening to think about is like, what is your online reputation? If you're not looking at it, if you don't think it's important, I would take note and consider taking some action to improve it. With that, we're going to jump to the personal questions for the interview. What advice do you wish you were given before entering the staffing industry? Man, I feel like I was pretty well equipped because I just came out of you know retail e-commerce. I'm like, okay, I've seen this play. I think I know what's going on. But what advice? I was not well equipped when, when we took employee stream to market. I underestimated, and this was, of course, six years ago, I was a little taken back by yeah. the level of sophistication around you know like the, the the digital models that people had in play i was amazed to see that people were still on paper i was amazed to see the level of swivel chairing that was happening 
the best advice somebody would have given me was, hey, realize that you're going to be having this conversation for the next 10 years. <laughs> you're going to have 10,000 of them. You just got to pace yourself, man. Pace yourself. And I think I came in assuming that it was going to be a lot a faster transition to, you know, to more digital first, just because I wasn't there at the beginning of, of retail, but I could imagine it's the same way that staffing was five, six years ago in, in terms of you know, replatforming efforts and bringing in people that are going to think more, you know, with more modern, you know, marketing tendencies, digital marketing. Oh, that's, that's great advice. And yeah. in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Mindfulness, like taking breaths, like out of nowhere, realize that I've just been, my brain has just gone on a massive negative tangent and I'm like hyperventilating and I'll, I will be doing it for like two hours while working. And then I need to realize like, yo, dude, take a deep breath, relax, bring yourself back to like a centered space. And it's very easy to do, but it's hard to remember. So in the last year, I've been able to start being more mindful to get in more of that, you know, meditation to have just quick little meditation wins and bring myself back to, to equilibrium. Any apps that you recommend? And then, and then I freak out again. You, yeah. Then you freak out after. Do you have any yeah. apps that you use or do you just do it on your own? Yeah. So like the, the mindfulness just on the, the watch that is yeah. on the watch. It's just like, Hey dude, it's like, Hey, take a breath. And I'm like, Oh, thank Thank you. Apple watch. It always concerns me when it comes up though. I'm like, what do you, am I, clearly in a bad spot. Like, is my heart racing that much that you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and kids, like having young kids, like teaching them breath, trying to become a better father is going to make you get your stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what is one of the best or most, most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Could be an investment in money, time, energy, et cetera. I moonlight as a as a contractor. I like building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doing remodeling. I know so you're like, always out in the yard. Uh, always yeah. in the yard, in the basement. The house, I, yeah. I've I've gone through this now for ten years. It's a bit of a a hobby, and I have a love hate. But anyone can do the job right with the right tools, and there is a tool out there for everything. So I used to just try to hack things together in my earlier days. I'm, I apologize to anyone who, if I ever did a, a bathroom remodel for you on the side for fun, <laughs> and I didn't use the right tools, but like they have this, this concept of hack artists, right? So like I was a hack artist early on. And then at some point I realized that you needed to invest in the right tools and the right time to learn how to use them in order to get the job done that will last beyond just, you know, six months or a year. So that was a, a lesson I learned. And so having the right tools for the job, in my case, a lot of carpentry tools. And my wife's like, why does that thing cost $400? I'm like, I needed it for that one thing. I, I mean, you might I have enough. probably have an ROI with all the hours you're putting in. So definitely a worthwhile. Without, yeah. yeah, without a doubt. Last question I've got for you is what is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Ooh, yeah, I love this one. There is a book called Crossing the Chasm. Who wrote it? Jeffrey Moore. Jeffrey Moore. Yeah. So it is a book that talks about if you're an early stage startup or if you're a startup company that at any stage really in the process, it is a book that analyzes really every every software company trying to break into a market with some sort of like innovative idea goes through this bell curve of innovators, early adopters, first majority, second majority, and laggards, right? And it's a bell curve that goes like that. It's easy. 
and I've been doing startups for the last 15 years and I've done seven of them and five have failed. <laughs> so why do they fail? They fail because not be, you can always get your innovators. Most people can get past the innovators and get a, an opportunity or get, um, get a business off the ground. And then a large percentage can make it into your innovators. That's your group that like, you can sell more than just two or three people. You're not giving it away. They're You're willing to try commercialize it. it. Yeah. Willing to try it. The big challenge, and this is where most, this is where 80%, 90% of businesses and mostly startups fail, is going from your innovators to your early majority. And that is known as the chasm. And this book talks about how you can cross the chasm. And it goes through decades of use cases with companies like IBM and Adobe and Salesforce and all these companies. And, and it really, it analyzes how they cross the chasm in their markets and what were the strategies and tactics they use. So love the book, always give it away, always open it up if I need a refresh. Awesome. I don't think I've read that one. I'm putting it on my list. So great, great recommendation. Any closing comments for the audience? A couple of things, like when you're, Bullhorn's going to be putting out a lot of content around connected recruiting, you know, and this whole idea of in order to be the next generation staffing and recruiting firm, you really have to invest in a new platform on the front end of your business that is candidate and talent facing, you know, and it needs to be omni-channel. It needs to be rooted in business process. You need to drive personalization. There needs to be some level of self-service. You need to be obsessed with conversion and metrics and analytics. You need to have UX designers or have your vendors support you on UX design. You know, and it's always ever evolving. You're never going to always get it right. Amazon spends hundreds of millions of dollars adjusting what a buy now button looks like on their website. <laughs> yeah. And they test it in order to get from 2% of people buying on their website to 2.1% because that means billions of dollars. And a staffing firm needs to be thinking that same way. I love that as a closing comment. Well, really nice having you on, Andre. Great seeing you. Can't wait to be with you at our next conference. Good hanging out. Couple weeks. Great seeing you, David. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.